Good afternoon. This is uh, Reverend Jordan Collier coming to you out of Port Ann, New York. Um, and uh, I, uh, we're glad to be with you this afternoon. I failed to give you some information uh, in my times past. Um, uh, my wife and I do go to uh, Grace Baptist Church in Whitehall. Uh, pastor there is Kevin Jebo, a man of God who preaches the truth, and we thank the Lord for him. Services are at 10 o'clock uh, every Sunday morning. Uh, I come to you tonight um, giving you some more of the um, Wales Revival or Waltz Revival of 1904 and 1905 from a book entitled Rent Heavens by uh, R.B. Jones. Um, if I've done this before, it bears repeating because uh, the two quotes here on revival and mission and to the church first is very important that we get this together if the church is going to be the church and we're going to be the ones by the power of the Holy Spirit to see revival or awakening or quickening or a move of God to rend the heavens and come down. Uh, we need that so desperately in this, the wickedness that is going across our nation. So I'm going to begin with on page 52 with revival and missions. And I uh, want to make sure you um, get all of this. So I'm going to be uh, doing it very slowly. And uh, you can email me, repco7 at gmail.com. Message me on my Facebook uh, um uh, Vernon Collier, um, you can find me there, or my homepage with uh, strikefireministries.com. Uh, feel free to um, uh, give me any questions, uh, give me any critic thoughts you might have uh, on um, what you think uh, maybe about revival, but we really need it bad. Um, we need God to just invade some of our churches, turn them upside down. I have some testimonies. I have some altar work again. And it says, if my people, which are called by my name, that's not those out there in the world. If my people, that's the church, folks. It's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. So I'm going to begin this afternoon with this uh, uh, quote from Revival and Missions. This last fact, he says, perhaps needs some stressing. Its significance is too important to be lost. A revival is a unique thing. One confesses to something not far removed from jealousy in regard to the use of the very word revival. A revival is not a mission, although, thank God, many a mission has been done much toward the reviving of the Lord's people. A mission has a human leader. A mission is organized. Revival, on the other hand, revival is never organized. It is energy without man-made machinery. To in a real revival is ever tempted to call on annual mission by that name. Apropos of the independence of the spirit as to human leaders in revival, the following by a writer given his impression of the work in Wales as early as November 1904, may be of interest. And he said, My second impression is that the revival is not inseparably connected with the personality of an individual human being. The revivalist is not an eloquent man, neither is he a learned man, 
nor even as far as I could judge a man of strong mental abilities. This seems to be another object lesson to Wales that the light and the influence came from God and not from man. It is right to add that the revivalist himself was extraordinarily careful that it should not be thought that the work depended upon him. He soon decided that his movements must not be announced beforehand. People must not rely on me, was his constant cry. I have nothing for them. They must rely on him who alone can minister to their needs. When you go to the window, he observed in one occasion, you do not go to look at the glass, but through it at the scenery beyond. Then look through me and see the Holy Spirit. Very important information that we need to pay attention to in the day and age in which we find ourselves. Strong words, yes, but we need them. We need them so desperately. I need them so desperately. I want the Lord to change me. Now on page 55, to the churches first. This is so important we get this. Now this is coming from 1904 and 1905, but it doesn't mean that we can't, we can't bring the Wales revival, the Welch revival to us but we can do some things that they show in here that might be very important, that might bring revival. There's some stuff we can learn here, ladies and gentlemen. Prayer is important, but we need to listen to this. And it is much interest, not to say much profit, to note that while the message was given to the Lord's people, sinners were converted. One of the workers who in those years conducted as many, if not indeed more, revival gatherings than any other had been heard to testify that never once in those years was he given a message directly applicable to the unconverted, and yet he was privileged to behold hundreds, if not thousands, at his meeting professing to be converted. In one of his meetings, the converts numbered well over 200. One feels that at such point, eloquently, a most important lesson, which is this. We need to get this. The success of the gospel in the case of the unsaved is conditioned by its success, first of all, in the case of the saved. God reaches those without through those within. I want to repeat that. God reaches those without through those within. Mr. Evan Roberts saw this clearly and never tired emphasizing it. My mission, he used to say, is first to the churches. He says, first to the churches is my mission. When the churches are aroused to their duty, men of the world will be swept into the kingdom. These are so important. When the churches are aroused to their duty, men of the world will be swept into the kingdom. A whole church on its knees is irresistible. To the same effect are the words of the leader of the revival in Wales in 1859. When the bonds of Paul and Silas and Philippi's prison snapped, the bonds of all the prisoners also snapped. 
So when the church is freed from the bonds of apathy and worldliness and desensitized and insensitive and lukewarm and apathy and worldliness and all these conditions sweep into the church, which the culture is changing the church. The church isn't changing the culture. We got it backwards. So when the church is freed from the bonds of apathy and worldliness, those who have been drawn to Satan by eternal death will be released also. If the revival of 1904 has anything that might be called a slogan, it was this, bend the church and save the world. Bend the church and save the people. It is the most solemn reflection, even terrifying truth, that when God's people fail to respond to the message God has sent them, the failure, failure deprives lost sinners of the power to respond to God's message to them. This is really good truth. It is the most solemn reflection, even a terrifying truth, that when God's people fail to respond to the message God has sent them, their very failure deprives lost sinners of the power to respond to God's message to them. A dead church is the most effective obstacle the enemy can devise in the way of sinners coming to Christ. A dead church is the most effective obstacle the enemy can devise in the way of sinners coming to Christ. A circular issued by a free church council of Carmentian about the time of the great outburst in 1904 stresses this very point. It says we cannot justly expect sinners to be saved and our places of worship to be filled by those from the outside until we ourselves get right with God. And this can only be done by an absolute surrender of our lives to Jesus as King and Lord and Savior and a faith acceptance of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Thus, whosoever prays for revival, let him be sure that when it comes, God will concentrate upon his own people. This is the lesson taught, not only by the revival of 1904, but by all revivals. It is a lesson into which needs not only the vision, but also the courage of faith to act upon God's people. Certainly, go after the lost, but concentrate upon God's people. The key to the whole evangelistic position is there. An awakened church creates the atmosphere in which decisions by the lost to accept Christ will be made easier. Again, the key to the whole evangelic position is there. An awakened church creates the atmosphere in which decisions by the lost to accept the Savior will be made easier. The holiness movement, as the late Dr. R.W. Dale truly said, is the hope of the church. It is more. It is the hope of the world. When the church gets its act together, the world will. This feature, so marked in the revival of 1904, is remarked late by the late Evan H. Hopkins. Thus, the revival is the sum respects unlike those we that have preceded it. God is showing us today that He can do what He can do, not so much through the individual missioner as through the whole company of believing people assembled together in His name. 
we have been accustomed to the Holy Spirit's work through in, working through the missioner or evangelist directly upon the unconverted. But what we are witnessing today and what we need to witness to today is the same divine power working through the church in its corporate capacity on those who are unsaved. These truths that I've read to you this afternoon are very, very important. Now, I want to give you this. My wife and I were praying just the other day and talking, and she said something that I thought was very apropos to the things that we have given you this afternoon, and it goes like this. Do we say, when God sends his Holy Spirit to move on us, no, it's not, it's out of order, our order. We say that in God's house. What we have planned, when we say it's out of order and we can't do this because it messes up our order, we become God's. We control, period. God can't move with his Holy Spirit in that environment. Can we say, Ichabod, the Spirit has departed, and we wouldn't even know it. My prayer, as I give this stuff on the Wilds Revival, and on revival itself, is that we all learn from them. We pray over them. We get on our knees. We seek God's face and God's will because America needs people, the church. You see, the greatest weapon against our enemy, Satan, is the whole church on its knees, praying, confessing, repenting, holiness, righteousness, purity. And as your friend, your evangelist, Reverend Vern Collier, I bring you these truths because it's the mission I believe the Lord has given me in these days to stir people up, to shake people, to quicken people, to awaken people, to revive people. And it must begin with the church. So I'm going to leave you with this, what I've given you today. You can listen to it over and over and over again on the podcast. The same message was also on the radio. I'm on the radio every Saturday at 3 o'clock for 15 minutes. And other things about the Holy Spirit and about revival that we're putting across. We need to be praying, folks. I want to give you this. Also, in closing, our government can't save us. The president can't save us. The Republicans, Democrats can't save us. The Supreme Court can't save us. Our governor can't save us. Only Christ can. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's only one way. Our principal task in these days is not worry about what's going on out here in the world. Our principal task is to keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the whole counsel of God. 
and to stir the church up and awaken the church. Your friend, your evangelist, praying for all you who listen, that God would touch you and bless you and awaken you, will go with you. Again, go to strikefire.com for my Strike Fire page. My Facebook page is there. Message me. I'd also do take speaking engagements. If any of your churches would like to have me come, give me a call, 518-321-8674. God bless you. Go with God, and he will go with you.